Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. Before we get into the advice, let's start with a quick introduction for Fantasy Consigliere and general thoughts regarding the industry as a whole. Some of you are probably here because you follow me and Wolf Sports based on our accuracy history on Fantasy Pros, and I want everyone to know that all the advice and rankings I give on this podcast have nothing to do with any accuracy competitions, which is a good thing in terms of helping your fantasy team. I don't pay attention to consensus views or use game theory to get high accuracy scores. What you see with my rankings is exactly what I enter on Fancy Pros, and more importantly, it's exactly what I use to draft. So I'm hopeful that this podcast provides a lot of free information to help you win your league, but subscribing to our premium service, Fantasy Consigliere, is undoubtedly the best way to be the boss of your fantasy league. If you aren't already subscribed, just click the banner at the top of wolfsports.com and use promo code GODFATHER to join today. We're confident that anyone who subscribes will stay subscribed. Signing up now would essentially give you our weekly rankings all season and then our draft rankings for 2022, plus a direct line to contact us with any questions in addition to all we have to offer. You can read all about it by clicking the banner at the top of wolfsports.com and be sure to use promo code GODFATHER. Now, one more thing before getting to the advice, and perhaps the most important thing. I'm just like many of you listening. Even with the success we've had at Wolf Sports, we are still outsiders. I don't get invited to talk on any podcasts or join any industry drafts. Big names in the industry aren't saying to follow me on Twitter. People didn't reach out to wish me luck on this podcast, but that's fine. Especially because many of the so-called thought leaders know less than you do. They're overrated. They coast on reputation. They delete tweets. They suffer no consequences for being bad at their job. They said Josh Allen was a low-probability prospect. Tom Brady has been falling off for the past seven years. You should drop Derrick Henry. DK Metcalf can't run routes. Jonathan Taylor's a bust. The list goes on and on. I, of course, will be wrong sometimes, but certainly not at their level, and our history proves that. Furthermore, you won't hear me criticize professional athletes by calling them trash or scrubs, like so many unfortunately feel comfortable doing. If you want to be critical behind closed doors, that's one thing, but supposed media professionals shouldn't be making personal attacks. With that out of the way, let's get to the advice. The first episode is a combination of players I like for the 2021 season and week one tips. So the weekly advice might be more abbreviated than a normal week. I'll just give my top thumbs up options and name some others to cover the draft. Basically, these are the players I am significantly higher on compared to the consensus. At quarterback, Tom Brady. Last year, I was laughed at for a bold predictions article where I said Brady would throw for 4,500 yards and 35 touchdowns, but he easily hit both marks. And that was in the first year of a new system while playing on a torn MCL. Now, I think Tampa Bay, coming off a Super Bowl win, will be in total record-breaking mode with a 17-game schedule, and Brady will have Antonio Brown for a full season, Chris Godwin hopefully healthy, and more overall comfortability in the offense. Then, if you even want to look ahead to the late-season schedule, because that's when you're trying to make a championship run in your league, the Bucs face the Falcons, Bills at home, Saints at home, Panthers, and Jets from the start of December through Week 17, and then Carolina again for the finale if you play in Week 18. Doubt him if you want, but I have Brady as my QB3 behind only Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm expecting 2007-level numbers. At running back, the thumbs up of the year is Jonathan Taylor. Now, I don't typically like recommending top-tier options because they're too easy. Anyone could say to take Christian McCaffrey first overall, but Taylor has enough doubters that I want to highlight him. 
The soft schedule down the stretch last season is the biggest thing people bring up for the second year runner, but it sounds an awful lot like everyone fading AJ Brown in 2020 because they didn't think he'd be able to keep up his efficiency. And this is where I believe Wolf Sports has the edge over everyone else regarding player evaluation. Taylor was my number six overall prospect in the 2020 NFL draft, so I am obviously very high on him. In general, the special talents always rise to the top, and I like and like Brown last season, Taylor falls into that category. If you don't want to take my word for it, Colts owner Jim Ursay, who clearly relays a lot of what he hears from inside the building, has called Taylor a gold jacket type player this summer, and he essentially said the offense will revolve around him on one of the preseason broadcasts last month. I think Taylor is worth a top five pick in half PPR leagues. For wide receiver, the position is again deeper than it's ever been, and there are probably a dozen guys I could go with as my thumbs up of the year. Antonio Brown, Mike Williams, Devontae Smith, Darnell Mooney, Brian Edwards, take your pick. Those are mostly popular names though, so I'll call Nelson Aguilar my main thumbs up for the wideouts. And just to note, my top two guys at the position last year were A.J. Brown and Stephon Diggs. For Aguilar, the quiet summer, at least in game action, has only helped to keep his fantasy value suppressed but New England gave him a two-year, $22 million contract to be their number one receiver, and the talent is certainly there for him to have a big statistical season. My main concern has been Cam Newton showing a preference for Jacoby Myers and the tight ends over the middle, but I bet Mac Jones used Aguilar as somewhat similar to Devontae Smith, and we know what kind of magic they made at Alabama. Jones throws a more catchable ball than Newton, and the added touch on deep passes will lead to chunk plays like Aguilar had in Las Vegas. There is worry he might be a better real-life weapon than fantasy option, but Aguilar's ADP of 171 overall is almost 100 spots too low, and Dynasty Leagues are severely undervaluing his talent. To round out the thumbs-up options, I'm very optimistic about Cole Komet at tight end. As a rookie, he took over the lead role with at least 70% of the team's offensive snaps played in the final eight games, including playoffs, which should be the floor in 2021. Coming out of Notre Dame, I compared Komet to Jason Witten, and it's worth pointing out that the future Hall of Famer followed up a so-so rookie season with 87 receptions, 980 yards, and six touchdowns in year two. I'm not saying Komet will make the same kind of jump, but his all-around skill set isn't being appreciated as a solid 6'6 target with 4'7'0 speed and a 37-inch vertical. Plus, Allen Robinson and Darnell Moody, both having the ability to stretch the field, will only open up space for Komet to work underneath. Tight end was actually looking strong just a few weeks ago, but injuries and changing circumstances has it looking thin again. If you don't get Kelsey, Waller, Kittle early, waiting to grab Komet would allow you to fill out the rest of the roster with other high upside targets. Our rankings will continue to be updated until Thursday night for any news, so be sure to visit wolfsports.com. All right, like I said, I don't want to give too much draft advice, especially with Labor Day having passed and most fantasy drafts already being in the books. Now transitioning to the week one content. I'm going to start with straight up rankings at each position, followed by undervalued players that can be useful for both season long and daily fantasy lineups. There are other segments that should give you enough insights to make key lineup decisions. For example, a wide receiver in my top 12 for week one is ranked as a wide, wide receiver three by the consensus, but doesn't give away so much that fantasy consigliere still isn't well worth the price to get all our rankings. And again, the weekly analysis will expand in the future. Overall, there are a lot of tough matchups in week one, but there are also some cupcakes for Tom Brady, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Ryan Tannehill in the top five. As you know from the thumbs up segment, 
Brady will be highly ranked for me almost every week, and I don't see how the Dallas secondary will have any answer for him in the Bucks. At number two, Jalen Hurts was ranked as a low-end QB1 for most, but I had him as a mid-range QB1 option in my draft rankings, and Atlanta is a tremendous draw for the opener. The guy started just four games as a rookie, and he already is tied for fourth in the NFL history with two games of 300-plus passing yards and 60-plus rushing yards. Josh Allen is my number one ranked QB for 2021. Yes, above Patrick Mahomes, and the warmer weather should make it a more favorable game than he saw last December when Buffalo's offense struggled in the first half of an eventual 26-15 victory. At number five and number six, respectively, Ryan Tannehill and Kyler Murray could get into a full-blown shootout on Sunday considering concerns on the back end for both cornerback groups. Aaron Rodgers checks in at number seven, and the unfortunate location change from the Superdome to Jacksonville will play in Green Bay's favor. Patrick Mahomes' slot at number eight is probably the biggest surprise on the list, and he will be a high-end QB1 most weeks. That said, Cleveland's defense was a tough opponent in January, and they are arguably even better now with Jadeveon Clowney, John Johnson, and rookie Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo added to the group. After Mahomes, I'd say the 9 through 15 or so range could vary, and Trevor Lawrence cracks the top 10 with Jacksonville getting a great shot to start the Urban Meyer era with a win against the Texans. If you're not watching the video version, Matt Ryan, Big Ben, and Jameis Winston finish off the QB1 options. One takeaway is putting together the rankings this week and in previous years is that they seem to get a bit weird in the first two or three weeks, so keep that in mind. Now for the running backs. Christian McCaffrey at the top spot is something we'll all get used to seeing again after he dealt with injuries last year, and Jeff's Panthers has definite shootout potential. Behind him, the next three is pretty much the consensus, though I believe my order is flipped with Derrick Henry at number two. I know the Cardinals have J.J. Watt and more size up the middle with Zayvon Collins joining Isaiah Simmons at linebacker, but they won't be able to stack the box considering all the questions at cornerback. Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook are behind Henry for this week. I talked about Jonathan Taylor earlier, and being at home makes Seattle a much less daunting opponent. Quentin Nelson should be good to go coming off foot surgery, and that's more important than who plays quarterback. Outside the top five, Nick Chubb is the ultimate my guy of my guys. I just drafted him for the fourth year in a row in my home league. If Cleveland is going to pull off the week one upset, Chubb needs more than the 13 attempts he saw in the playoff loss to Kansas City. At number seven, Najee Harris could be a 20 touchback from day one, Anyone that downgraded him based on Clyde edwards Eler disappointing as a rookie will soon realize they made a huge mistake. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they finished as a high-end RB1 this year. Also in the top eight, Antonio Gibson scored 11 rushing touchdowns in his first season, and now he won't have to deal with Peyton Barber vulturing some short yardage carries. Remember, Gibson was learning a position on the fly as a rookie. At number nine, Aaron Jones re-signing in Green Bay should continue to make him an RB1 but there are definite concerns based on the offensive line being weaker than it was in 2020. In particular, David Bakhtiari is on the pup list, so he's out for the first six weeks. Rounding out the top 12, James Robinson should be the offensive focal point and favorite for receiving work with Travis Etienne, unfortunately, out until 2022. Joe Mixon will be facing a Minnesota defense that added size up front, and Austin Eckler, heading into a tough matchup versus Washington, should at least hover around this range every week because of his role in the passing game. Again, you can get our complete rankings all season by going to wolfsports.com and subscribing to Fantasy Consigliere using promo code GODFATHER. Let's keep it moving with the wide receivers. Similar to Christian McCaffrey, no surprise for the top spot. Devontae Adams missed last year's matchup, but Alan Lazard won off for 146 yards and a score in his place. We'll see if Jameis Winston can make it a shootout.
Both A.J. Brown at number two and Julio Jones at number nine make the top 10, and I'm expecting huge days out of them against Arizona's cornerback group. That will be a matchup to target all season long. Next up, the Eagles are hoping Darius Slay and Steven Nelson will be a strong duo on the perimeter, but I don't see them sticking Calvin Ridley, so he makes my top three. I'm hopeful Eagles-Falcons is more high-scoring than recent history. Mike Evans is just outside wide receiver one range for me, but I have Chris Godwin in the top seven and Antonio Brown in the top 12. For A.B., who was somehow ranked as a wide receiver 33 by the consensus, I love how he matches up against the Dallas secondary, and it feels like Tom Brady will connect with him on a double move. That reminds me of something else I want to point out. I'm not an analytics or statistics guy. We offer sortable analytics on wolfsports.com and we'll obviously use some numbers to back things up, but as stated, my basis for rankings and analysis is player evaluation. Not much more to say here. Stephon Diggs at four, Tyreek Hill at five, DK Metcalf at six, Justin Jefferson at eight, and DeAndre Hopkins at 10 are all viewed as mainstays in the wide receiver one ranks. I'll hit on some other strong plays outside of these rankings in a moment, including a couple of rookies. Finally, tight end is pretty standard for the top five at least. Waller claims the top spot because I like his matchup a little better than I do Travis Kelsey's. I'm not sure how much rookie Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo will play in the, his debut, but Cleveland fell into the perfect chess piece to elevate their defense, and a big part of that will be defending tight ends. Next up, George Kittle is my recommended play in DFS lineups on Sunday because of a lower price point. The uncertainty at quarterback puts him a slight notch below Kelsey and Waller for the season, but Kittle is worth an early round three pick in 12-team leagues for anyone that still hasn't drafted. At number four, Kyle Pitts isn't a normal rookie because of his size, speed, athleticism, receiving skills, and projected role in Arthur Smith's offense. Philadelphia has question marks at both safety and linebacker entering the year. On Monday night, the recently paid Mark Andrews should see a healthy amount of targets with Baltimore's receiving corps missing much of training camp due to injury. We know Lamar Jackson is comfortable throwing to his big tight end, and that should continue on Monday night. You might notice TJ Hawkinson is rather low for week one down at number nine, but it's all about the matchup. Last season, only the Steelers allowed fewer points per game to the position than the 49ers. Don't panic if Hawkinson gets off to a slow start. Ahead of him, Noah Fant and Mike Kosicki are two of the most undervalued tight ends of the year as young players with tremendous upside, and they sandwich Rob Gronkowski. Someone might be bound to disappoint for Tampa Bay based on how high I have them all, but I'm expecting fireworks on Thursday night, and we know Gronk shines with the lights on. At the bottom of the top 12, I'm very high on Jonu Smith for the year as a top target for the Patriots in the offseason. Robert Tunyon is as good of a touchdown bet as anyone, and Zach Ertz sounds like he will have a bigger role than anticipated with all the drama in the rearview mirror. You could even boost Ertz a couple of spots in full PPR leagues. Remember, those were all week one rankings, not draft rankings. For anyone listening, rather than watching the video version, we'll tweet out graphics for the top 12 at each position. To finish off the week one advice, I'm going to briefly discuss some other values compared to the consensus. This is useful for both DFS and season-long leagues, and you'll want to stick around for a handful of players to invest in for dynasty leagues after that. At quarterback, I'll give it away that Jalen Hurts is locked into my daily fantasy lineup, but there are quite a few options that I considered. Zach Wilson is a great choice if you want to go cheap and to have more salary to play with at other positions. And I like pairing him with Elijah Moore as a bargain stack. Corey Davis should draw coverage from promising rookie J.C. Horn, and Moore can destroy single coverage. The only concern right now is whether or not New York will unleash him in his debut 
but Jameson Crowder's status is shaky right now. Also at wide receiver, Devonta Smith is extremely affordable considering his upside, and I've been shocked at how little fanfare he's gotten this summer. We could see Smith and Calvin Ridley go back and forth putting on a route-running show this weekend. For one more rookie, I'm extremely bullish on 49ers runner Trey Sermon both now and into the future, while Raheem Mostert is also ranked well above consensus for this week. San Francisco wants to run the ball 500 times in 2021, and that will get started against Detroit. The only other name I haven't hit on at some point that's in my lineup this week is T. Higgins. I had to keep moving Jamar Chase down in the draft rankings as training camp progressed, and there's real concern that he's in his own head with the drops entering the season. Higgins, on the other hand, is extremely reliable and should be Joe Burrow's most trusted target to open the year. I'm expecting a big day from him. Again, to get all our rankings for this week and beyond, click the banner at the top of wolfsports.com and use promo code GODFATHER. To close out this episode, I'm going to go over some long-term investments to get more of a dynasty angle. Some of these guys might not pay off to start 2021, but I have confidence in their abilities, eventually allowing them to be difference makers. First of all, the rookie quarterback class looks very promising, but Mac Jones is the cheapest of the five first-rounders. He has the makings of a future star for New England. While he obviously won't put up the numbers on the ground like many other young quarterbacks in the league, Jones is an elite distributor with masterful pocket movement, and he will be playing behind one of the NFL's best offensive lines. I think he's a top 15 quarterback in dynasty leagues. Digging a little deeper, Cleveland running back Demetric Felton was an absolute steal in the sixth round of the 2021 NFL Draft. He has been impressive enough that Nick Chubb said watching him is one of the things he's most looking forward to this season. I compared Felton to Reggie Bush earlier this year, and he's the natural successor to Kareem Hunt's role alongside Chubb. It might take a couple of years, but Felton will eventually pay dividends. I don't want to get too stuck on the rookies, but Devontae Smith and Trey Sermon, both already talked about, are also great dynasty targets. Sermon in particular is the highest investment Kyle Shanahan has made in the running back. He has great familiarity with the system from his time at Ohio State. Finishing up with a veteran, Antonio Brown remains the most undervalued fantasy option regardless of position or format. Bruce Arians recently said AB is playing at the speed he saw four or five years ago, and the Bucks will be explosive enough that all their pass catchers can put up numbers. You might be shocked by Brown's ranking in redraft leagues for Wolf Sports, and he could be even better in 2022 if Chris Godwin gets a long-term deal elsewhere. Our overall and positional dynasty rankings are updated all throughout the calendar year on wolfsports.com. With that, episode one is a wrap. As stated, I'll be expanding the advice in future episodes, including waiver advice, trade advice, and deeper dives into the weekly rankings. Thank you for listening or watching, and I hope you'll be back next week. I know there are people out there who simply subscribe to Fantasy Consigliere and want it to remain a secret from the rest of their league, but please like, rate, subscribe, follow, and share if you can. We'd love to hear feedback from everyone. Until next time, I'm Dylan Japine, and this was the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast.